Welcome to the Innovative Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Leslie Horn, Brett Crandall, and Claire Olilla. We're here to make your life easier as a real estate developer and teach you everything we've learned about designing and building innovative homes, multifamily, and mixed-use structures. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, trainings, and Q&A segments so you can learn from our years of experience and make your innovative vision a reality. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Innovative Real Estate Podcast here with 3Squared. We are your hosts, Claire Olilla. Leslie Horn. And Breck. (laughs) And we've got some guests on today. We've been having such an awesome flow of guests coming in on the show, and it's been really fun to share more about a variety of different projects. You know, we've got clients on, we've got collaborators on, we've got folks who are just honestly inspiring us in this field. And so today we've got on two very special guests who we'll introduce in a moment here. But first, I want to just guide you down at any point in this conversation. As always, you can check out all the links. We've got it all linked right there for you. Links to our project portfolio, links to the project that we're going to be diving into in this episode if you want to learn more. And if you want to connect with our team, you can find all of our information there as well. So without further ado, we have Chris and Nicole from Steelhouse, which is in Detroit, Michigan, on the podcast today. And we usually open things up with Project Highlight of the Week. Today, we are introducing you to Chris and Nicole, who we are in a collaborative relationship with on their project. And Chris and Nicole, I'd love to pass over the mic to you to quickly introduce yourselves and just kind of paint the picture for us of what your project is. Yeah, sure. It's awesome to be here. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. So we moved down to the city in 2015. And the quick story is that we wanted to buy a cool old building. None existed. Um, we found this really good lot in a really good location. Um, and part of our pitch to buy it to the city was, you know, what cool, exciting project are we going to put there? Because that's what they want to see. You know, the, the city's coming back, especially Corktown, there's a huge resurgence. So we wanted to do something cool that was pushing architectural boundaries, but also fit into the area. You know, we didn't want to put an ultra modern building um, that sticks out. that doesn't match the brick buildings around it. Um, so we kind of, you know, I'm an I'm a automotive designer by trade. Um, Nicole's a textile engineer with a really creative mind and a really creative um, use. She's really great with like efficient space. Um, and so I think together we thinking about what we would want to do. Um, shipping container shipping container construction really made a lot of sense because you've got this cool um, industrial aesthetic to the container, but you can make you can add modern touches to it to to take it to the next level, right? Like you can keep them super raw or you can push it push the aesthetics pretty far. So um, that was kind of the the initial catalyst of doing something cool there. Well, to begin with, though, I wasn't really into the idea. Um, I was like, why would I do that? And he's like, well, containers are cool. Like, oh, every car designer wants to build a container home. Um, but I started to warm up to the idea. We at some point had um, a beer at Batch Brewing, which is like a local brewery. And we started to literally draw containers on napkins. And we're like, oh, actually, this could be fun. This could be something exciting. So we already had that going. And then we found that a lot. I'm like, well, maybe we just combine the two. So I warmed up to the idea slowly. Um, normally, I'm the one who's like faster into things and Chris warming, but it was kind of the opposite in this case. 
Yeah, was, I think with all my emotion, she thinks with all of her logic. So <laughs> yeah. it was a good and- mix. What and what team. is the project? Can you describe a little bit for everyone listening what exactly you're building? Yeah. Um, so it's a, the way it's zoned, it needs to be multi-use. Um, so we started off with just a single level business with a house with a studio above it. And then it grew and grew and grew. So it was like 2,000 square foot. Yeah. Now we're like 6,500. Um, um, so now we have um, space for two commercial units. And then above and behind those commercial units, we have three residential units. Yep. And it's, um, it has, it's four containers high with um, rooftop patio being the highest uh, in the highest container. And the business space is um, lofted. So it's, it's two containers high. So yeah, it's, um, we used high cubes too, because we wanted to have that super tall ceiling. So the, the commercial spaces get 18 foot ceilings, the unit in the back the residential unit in the back, it's 18 foot ceilings and the two units in the front are about 16 at at one point tapering down. Um, And then we've got, you know, a lot of our, we travel a ton and we've always been inspired by the private courtyards of like Spain, Morocco, and Mexico. So we just, in the back, the back master unit has a nice private courtyard that's open air with um, big accordion doors. So we can have that full, open air in out bring the exterior inside and inside outside experience yeah and to our delight and demise we needed to have um cover for parking and we decided you know what cantilevering sounds fun now we have a 40 foot container that's cantilevered 20 feet and it's a little bit uh, it's exciting and looking at it, it's awesome but it, it's bringing its own uh, its own tricks and troubles but um it's fun it's fun to look yeah, at it's our creative way of you know having parking on site but also not using that space just for parking we're going up and around it yeah yeah it's not a big lot it's it's asymmetric and yeah so that's another tricky squeeze part. as much into a tiny yeah. space the, the tricky part about that lot too is that um it it's really wonky um it's like it's like almost like a triangle um it's 100 feet in the front and 40 in the back so we really needed to find a way to make the best use of that square footage um, and, yeah, really utilize the space the most as possible. You know, the, um, I saw your early designs. Um, I had the, the privilege of seeing those. And the way that you guys have really grown um, the spaces, uh, are, are your intentions to live in them in one of the units? We're still back and forth. Like we designed the master residential unit for us. Like what would we want? You know, so that's why it has a rooftop balcony and a private courtyard, but who knows at this point, you know, it's, we're, we're probably going to decide at the last minute, to be honest. Well, you, you, you have a new addition to your, your family. So that has a big impact on that space. (laughs) Yeah. We're, um, we're becoming the cliche um, grand design couple that's been working on a project for multiple years. And at the end of the episode, it's like the wife is pregnant, has a kid. And everyone's like, why would they do that? At the end of the project, putting so much like extra stress. And here we are following exactly into those. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny because that show was super inspiring as we started this. And then we're like, why are they having a kid now? They're not even done. Then, <laughs> here we are doing the same thing. Hey, uh, what inspired the name Steelhouse? Um, the way that so it's spelled. Nicole is from Germany. She's from Hamburg, Germany. Um, and we wanted something that was short and sweet. Steel containers. We're going to live in it. 
I like the way house is spelled in German. So we combine steel and H-A-U-S. Uh, that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the story. There's nothing super inspiring about it. But that's, <laughs> that's how we came up with that name. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's cool design. It's fun to see how these things can uh, quickly spiral. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say out of control, but like they definitely grow in nature as you like start to understand and your imagination runs free. And uh, I mean, you guys really came up with a fantastic design. Um, you are not by nature architects or architectural designers per se, but you are in the design field. So as a background to where you guys are, can you give a little bit to the audience about um, who you both are, what you do for a living and how you started putting this idea together? Because not regular lay people can, can, put an entire building together in their heads. And you guys really have like some spectacular skill sets that, that rival me and my team. And you guys put an amazing design together uh, in fairly short time. So let's hear a little bit about the process and where you guys came from. Yeah, well, thanks for that compliment. That was awesome. Um, so I'm an automotive designer by trade. So I sketch and build digital models of interior, exterior. A focus has been automotive. So like, in a car, I'm designing a steering wheel, the IP, the seats, the trim, everything that you touch and interact with is my specialty. I could that whether it's you know automotive or product, everything needs to be designed. Someone needs to make it look good over the package that you were given from an engineer. So that's my background. Um, so I'm always looking, you know, three, four years in the future with my job. Um, and I'm always scouring the the internet and magazines for inspiration staying ahead of trends whether it's form material etc so within that skill set you know i have to draw 2d i have to be able to build 3d models um, and daily i have to interact with engineers because it, no matter how pretty my sketch is it has to be feasible and cost effective so you know He's that's fighting why, with me. That's why actually we're a really good team because she's a. I'm on the opposite side of that. Yeah. So my background is um, like engineering, technical, but I've been in sales for um, for a long time and not really done much engineering work 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 since my degree. Um, but yeah, I'm always like Chris said, like the real, realistic one, the problem solver. Um, but I also love design always, and I have a pretty good um, eye for design. So the way even our facade came about was he was doing it in Photoshop, all pretty with all his tools. And I know Photoshop, but it's like, I'm slow at it. So I just 3D um, paint, like literally 3D paint. I took a screenshot of um, our containers and I painted over it. And I used like Pinterest images and like chop it all together and um, came up with the, with the facade design and Chris came up with his facade design and we mashed it together. And that's kind of how, how it now is there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, floor plan wise, it's just like hours, weeks, months. I don't even know how many, um, how much time I spent on Pinterest, just looking at floor plans that excite me and just trying to find best solutions within that space. The cliches of Germans being like <laughs> hyper-organized is 100% accurate because she <laughs> is, but she is very, very good with compartmentalizing space and imagining the most efficient use of it, getting more than one. I was really good one, at Tetris when I was younger. So. Yeah, getting yeah. more than one use out of a, out of something. Um, so, you know, I can't, I'm actually terrible at that. So that was, her contribution to that was probably the, mo the best part of this project because she 
we would come up with a space and be like, yeah, that works. That's cool. And then she'd think about it overnight, wake up in the morning and be like, you know, what if we did this and that and this? And we could make more money, have more rentable space, and we could also get more out of it. I'm like, instead of a, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. And that just kept happening. And I always <laughs> just kept agreeing because I couldn't, she was right. Well, he had yeah. like, the first plan was like him having a huge garage. And then one yeah. night I was like, well, let me do the calculation. I'm like, well, we could, you know, do this or you buy for that money a garage somewhere else like, <laughs> i'm losing don't i i'm like yeah sorry yeah, what were some good. of those other changes that you guys made to the layout in order to maximize space because i think that would be a really interesting conversation we've had some conversations in the past on episodes particularly around short-term rentals and how just space utilization you have to think about it differently when people are having like a short-term stay somewhere versus in your space what were some some changes that you made in order to maximize the space for the proper use in the building. Um, yeah. So Chris already started at the beginning where we said, okay, we had um, a small project. It was just two container height. And um, then eventually we were like, well, it would be nice. Businesses always have like higher ceilings, but container have a limitation of nine and a half feet or the high cubes do. So we're like, well, why don't we do double height at two containers? And then we have a lofted space and now we have more rentable area. So that was um, kind of one. And another one was where, um, yeah, with the covered parking, it allowed us to now add a grandmother suite. So now we have an extra 500 square foot right there um, that increases that space, adds another bedroom, bathroom, and kind of like a living room with a kitchenette. Um, and then a big thing was um, when we first had a couple architects kind of working on it, um, there was a lot of staircases. And I just didn't understand why we needed three ways to go up the same direction. So I was just like, no, can we just do shared things? I just don't understand why this is all necessary. So the amount of times we moved and changed staircases um, is absolutely, it's actually sad. But um, it, well, we've gotten better. Like the, I think we started at some point. I remember we had two staircases in the businesses. And then one staircase going to the apartments and then two staircases in the back residential units to go to the top. So there were five staircases in total on the whole project. And now we have one staircase going up. Um, so <laughs> I think like the, the lesson there and the again to piggyback back off that answer question, most of the changes came in after we really dissected building code because yeah. you learn so much when you're really in the weeds of building code and what it can and can't allow you to do and also what it forces you to do, which is expensive. So we learn that we aren't sufficient in one area, so we have to comply. Now we have to spend, for example, five grand more to comply with code. So now we got to remove that somewhere else to stay on budget. But sometimes that worked out in our favor, like the staircase thing, you know, like Nicole's reading through code and sorting out like when she had that question she's like well if we do it this way we can reduce the stair count you know and everyone's like that's a great idea so we we changed the design and then we kind of you know when we were discussing fire code in a certain area when we dissected the code we were overachieving so we pulled back a little bit and were able to shift the whole rear unit a foot over um and keep one side where it was so you gain a foot doesn't sound like a lot but it really is because if I get an extra foot in my courtyard or if I get an extra foot in the kitchen, you notice that. So the code really like 
as a piece of advice to anybody starting not, you know, dive into that code yourself. It's kind of <laughs> overwhelming, but like, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to learn how to be more efficient with your space and do more with it just by understanding <laughs> what you can and can't do. Yeah. Cause like one of the things where we moved the um, building over um, is that the initial drawings had um, a big fat brick wall dividing or between our neighboring building um, because of fire code. And I said, well, why do we need this brick building there? It's like, well, because your, your, um, your walkway is a certain width. I'm like, well, what if it's a half a foot over? Can we just remove that brick wall? It's like, yeah. <laughs> can you, can you not just do this? Hey, let's just move that. Right. So that's why it's important. No one loves your project as much as you do. And no one knows it as much as you do. So with all the best intentions, you are the one who just knows it the best. And you there's no fault in anyone for not knowing and loving it the way that you do. It's your baby. It's our baby. Well, and what I've heard also, I mean, well, let me just bring up that being on Michigan Avenue, you had other overlays of building code compliance that you had yeah. to uh, really attend to on that. And so bringing in somebody, it is, it's, a, it is about finding the right partner. And then, you know, you have to be a little flexible, but I, you know, it is interesting. I, I know from our team point of view, we love your project. We just, we have so much great respect for it. And, you know, Breck talks about it a lot. I mean, a lot um, in, in, in really awesome and incredible ways, which is why we're here um, on this, on this podcast today, because of our great respect for you folks. Um, and we can't wait to see what you do next, honestly, um, because I think you guys have the right mindset. You've gone down, you know, probably the most challenging portions of the road that up to date that 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 any developer will go through. So you're just getting a, a, a gazillion more lifetimes and projects <laughs> worth of experience. And it's exciting to see that. Breck, I know you have another question. I'm going to put it on mute here on myself. Oh, it's, it's not even another question. It's just a, a commentary towards it. I, you guys are anomalies. <laughs> like Most people who are working on a building aren't as involved in the design or in the building code or zoning aspects as you are. Like This is not a typical thing. I want you to understand that. Like most clients who are coming to us never, ever, ever want to open a code book and look at the building code. They want That's us me. to tell it's, them I'm, as I'm the professional <laughs> yeah. to give them, you know, to give them that. And it's not just the building code because building code is, uh, it's international. I mean, there is the the IBC, the International Building Code that covers, you know, North America. But there are, um, you know, sub building codes beyond that that each state adopts. Mm -hmm. So there's the Michigan building code. There's two versions of that. There's one for residential and there's one for commercial. But a lot of what you're actually um, replying to and discussing here in this conversation is is not necessarily the building code. It's the local zoning mm -hmm. ordinance. Yeah, the zoning So the zoning ordinance dictates many of the things that you mm -hmm. are discussing right now. And that is something that even just a cursory knowledge of is very useful. The mm -hmm. zoning ordinance dictates your setbacks, right. what materials you're allowed to use in the front of the building, how many windows you have. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that go beyond just like building code because building code is the bare minimum. So I don't want people to be like, you sure. know, uh, kind of, discouraged because of building code because building code is just like it's there to 
keep the health, safety, and welfare of the general public. I mean, it's our bare minimum efforts to make sure that people stay alive yeah. in buildings. So it's not our enemy. And to Chris's point, like it often sets you free in a lot of ways once you find like those loopholes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the zoning ordinance, it's a lot of interpretation. So it's a yeah. lot of like mm-hmm. who you know at the city and how they're approaching the situation and what their interpretations are because there's nothing that you can write on a piece of paper (laughs) that will cover every situation known to human beings. Like there's no way, right? Like you have this trapezoidal lot that's in a strange condition where the walls to the right and left of you aren't even straight. They're just kind of like, so you're building (laughs) within this envelope and you're trying to make the best out of that. Obviously there's some human interpretation that needs to be involved there. And I think what you guys have done a fantastic job of is going above and beyond what a client typically does in this situation and educating yourself to the point where you're well-versed on what these rules and regulations are so you can ask the right questions. Not that you're like demanding anything or not that you're like, hey, this is how it actually works. You're just like, hey, this is what I found. Does this work? And you've actually found some loopholes and you've actually gotten some real serious city support throughout your process, which is why you were able to get through um, you know, all the rough inspections. And I know when you initially started building, you had some challenges with the foundation. When you dug into the ground, there was some you know, existing rubble underneath there. This is a very Detroit scenario. So it's like, <laughs> all right, we had to dig this out. We had to put in a deeper foundation than we planned. But you worked with the city municipality to actually get the approvals that you needed to and to have the support that you needed to in order to continue the construction process. So for that, I commend you guys. And uh, your, your anomaly as <laughs> owner builders um, definitely strikes us as uh, you, you guys are very well versed. You have definitely put in the effort to make this your project and you care a lot about it. And we can hear, we can hear the passion in your voice, the way that you talk about it and the way that you developed this from, from day one to where you are today. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. It's true. Like uh, we, we love Detroit and we love Corktown especially. And we wanted something that <clears throat> didn't just appeal to us, but appealed to everybody and felt like it fit into the area and gave back to the community as far as, pushing architectural design, but staying integrated to the aesthetic of the area. You know, it's, it's tough to do. It's a tough balance. You're always riding. And to your point earlier, we didn't have to fall into historic code, but we did fall into main street overlay, which dictated our glass, the amount of the percentage of glass, the percentage of brick on the facade. Um, and those, those rules are important. We, you know, at first, our first round of approvals, we were denied the facade design because we weren't meeting requirements and we were kind of huffing and puffing about it. I was like, this is our design. We love it. And then we made the change and we were like, this was a good change to make. We like it a bit more now. It just felt more. Well, between that though, we did get an approval already, but then the top of the head changed leadership change. And like, Oh, you know what? We did like your facade, but now that there's a new person in charge, he kind of wants to like do this more. So can you change it? And we're like, Okay. Yeah. So back to, back to interpretation. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Exactly. But at the end, it ended up in a better place. So like we were upset first, but it's, it, it's worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. Thanks, oh, so that night, uh, Nicole, you went ahead and just stayed up all night doing a 3d, <laughs> a three print, 3d print um, version of what the city wanted. Yeah, in fact, all your, and I yeah. used Excel to count, <laughs> to calculate the percentage of glass and brick and stone. Each cell was like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did a lot of draw uh, drawing of floor plans in Excel too. It's actually quite you can do but one by ones. It's it's quite it's quite awesome with Excel. You can you can do I love Excel. that. 
Well, you gotta be like yeah. in something like this, you gotta be scrappy. You gotta <laughs> yeah. you can't fall in love with anything. You can't fall in love with a design with with a budget. <laughs> you gotta try <laughs> right. your best, but like you if you if you wanna do something like this from scratch, it's patience and the ability yeah. to roll with the punches. I've never learned so many lessons in that category that I have with this project. Yeah. Words well, to live by. I don't think I can <laughs> right. I could put a summation to this conversation any more clearly than that. Well, yeah. thank you guys. We know that this is a continuing conversation as um, as we collaborate on this project and get you guys to the next milestone. Um, we'll definitely be making some social media posts in collaboration with Steelhouse. Um, we will link in the show notes uh, to everybody's social media pages so you can follow along on the progress as we continue to push this forward. But we can't wait until the next conversation that we get to have with you. So, Claire, bring us home. It's been an amazing time having you guys on. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And it's it's so often that people don't get to hear the middle chunk of like the process part of these projects. So we love having these conversations. We love exposing, you know, a little bit of like the in-between and what actually goes into taking a project from start to finish. So we're so excited to have this update episode in uh, a bit of time here when you guys are a bit further along in the process and we've got more updates to share. But in the meantime, just as Breck said, we'll have Carly, our marketing manager, link all your stuff in the show notes. People can check out this awesome design that we're talking about and uh, hopefully get some inspo for some more projects to come. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you found it so valuable, you want to connect with us one-on-one, click the link in the description to tell us all about your project so we can help you get started.